This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you. Hello and welcome to Mind Your Mornings. As always, we are here to talk about mental health, human nature and the complexities of the mind. On this show, we discuss theories, share experiences and question the obvious. We delve deeper into the why. Join us as we explore another topic, another concept, another experience of the human mind. Hello, I am Anushka, your host for this season. I am back today to unpack a topic that is relevant to our entire generation. Today, we are going to talk about addiction. Many of us have grown up seeing our father, uncle or a distant relative drink every evening whether they are at home or at someone else's place. They need their drink or two or three. The wife of this person would usually be fed up with their drinking habit. She would have tried everything possible. Prayers, fasts, emotional blackmail, even tried potions and powders from suspect quacks. Maybe, ultimately, she would have grudgingly accepted it as a flaw. He is a very nice person. Very helpful, only he has a problem with alcohol. When we look at someone who can't stop drinking regularly, who smokes, who gambles, or is obsessed with video games, someone who shops at the slightest sign of stress, how many of us have judged them? How many of us looked at them and thought, why can't they just quit, stop, or control themselves? Or maybe you feel this way about something you do. The problem may be addiction, and alcohol is just one of the things we can be addicted to. What drives addiction? Why are some people able to overcome it, while others struggle with willpower? How do I know if my habit is an addiction? All this and more in today's episode. Let's understand addiction, uncover some truths, and bust some myths. Today, I will be talking with Sudha Temaya. Sudha is an internationally certified counsellor with over 25 years of rich experience. She has met and worked with several people with addiction, people with different kinds of addiction. Hi, Sudha. Welcome to Mind Your Mornings. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Anushka. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing uh, good today, Sudha, and I'm really, really eager to know a lot more about addiction. I have a lot of questions. So let's jump right into it. To start off with, Sudha, can you tell me uh, first, how would you define addiction? And what is it for addiction um, to happen that moves it from a habit to qualify it towards an addiction? So Anushka, um, there has been so much of research done over addiction over all these years. Uh, so if you just Google it, there will be hundreds of definitions that show up. Because a lot of research has been done, uh, when I see a client, uh, there is a clear indicator that this is a problem. This is something beyond just a habit, that there is a dependence on an activity that brings immense relief, and that is pleasurable. Two. They have very little control over it, even though they want to control it. And three, 
they know it is detrimental to their everyday life, which could be about work or family or health. So when we put these three criteria together, it becomes an addiction. Let's take the example of a smoker. How often do we hear of smokers saying they want to quit? So this is a peculiar criteria of addiction. They want to quit or they want to have control over it because they know it is affecting their health, but they cannot stop. They need those few seconds of pleasure to hold themselves or to gain control that a smoke can give them. So it seems like people are aware that something is controlling them. And um, speaking from personal experience, they also, there is that, uh, there is a part of them that wants to change what they're doing, right? Yes. Um, they might sound very naive, but you know what stops them from just doing it? Uh, earlier in the introduction, we spoke about willpower. Some people have it, some people don't. I know with smoking, they also say, you know, there's a term saying uh, cold turkey, you go cold turkey. Um, but do you think that even though something like smoking or whether alcohol, whatever it is, when it's detrimental to their health, they can see the harm it's doing. Um, you know, I have a couple of friends who smoke and they've had their fair share of life scares because of it. Um, but what I see is they stop for some time and then they go they go back, you know. So, so what's really happening over here? Yeah, this is a great question, Anushka. And this is what they usually grapple with all the time. So at the back of their minds, when they are able to stop for some time, they think they have quit. But, uh, you know, the, the thoughts or the dependence uh, or the need to, again, feel good or have some pleasure or relief makes them go back to it because that's the only way they have learned to feel some relief from whatever they have been going through. So in any addiction, we actually only see the symptoms. So when society talks about uh, you know, why can't this person stop? Or, or a person who has a problem says, why can't I stop? They are not aware of the underlying cause. Okay, mm. So any addiction is usually to fill a void. There seems to have been something lacking in their lives. And, and I would actually put it down to relational needs for acceptance, uh, for support, and to belong there seems to have been some problem over there. So it is this taste of that cigarette or the alcohol or a substance that makes them decide or gives them that feeling of that longing to feel all this. And it then gives them hope that, and that's when they start to resorting to the next cigarette, the next drink, the next dress, that gives them that rush of pleasure and temporary uh, you know, forgetting of what is the underlying cause. Mm. So, um, and it starts very early uh, nowadays. It could even be about video games, drag racing, um, anything that will fill up the emptiness or soothe some void or some pain. So any mm. addiction is a way to cover up the pain inside and to gain some re relief. 
So this pain can also come from early trauma. That is why even though I see the harm it is doing to me, the hope that I will feel better, you know, or I will be in control negates this potential harm. So in some ways, this becomes a relationship. It is there with me, which has been lacking in their, in their years of growing up or developing. Someone beside me gets replaced with this is next to me. This activity or substance is now there with me. I'm uh, I'm very curious uh, to learn more about your what what do you you think is the uh, connection between trauma and addiction? Okay, so you know trauma is as we all know there has been some disruption of uh, of a relationship or um, some incident or situation maybe the loss of you know someone very close. Um, and and the feeling of you know being robbed or feeling devoid of the sense of safety or dignity, and also the lack of having been supported at that time, you know, is yeah. what de determines the criteria of the trauma itself. Okay, so that's where the beginning of an ad addiction steps in. One drink makes it easier or gives me the confidence to belong to a group. One new dress makes me, covers up this feeling of inadequacy and makes me feel confident. Or one, so any one of these things which make me feel safe or good enough or liberated or needed, then becomes, you know, um, a way of coping with this lack or void. Yeah. And that's how it begins. It is always one of something. No one really wants to get addicted. They know about it. There's so much on social media, but they can get drawn to it for these very reasons of safety, belonging, acceptance. But the positive feelings we associate with the first of these things become addictive. So actually, psychology has proved the three times, you know, if you, the third time, if you start to feel uh, dependent, psychologically dependent, then the addiction has begun. Okay. We want more of it. It helps us to forget our trauma. Suddenly, it's a great feeling to belong, to feel safe, to feel needed. And even if I don't have the world, something like, even sugar and chips gives mm -hmm. me that rush or that feeling that, you know, uh, there's someone with me or something with me. And, and that's a great feeling one clings onto or clutches onto. Yeah. Now then the emptiness gets filled up and it's related to something like being positively happy or positively good. Yeah. A mm -hmm. feel good factor. Okay. Uh, that's quite interesting, Sudha, because usually when you think of addiction, you sort of think of substance, right? Um, I'm glad you brought up sugar. I know a lot of people are addicted to junk food, but all these seem to be certain things. Um, I'm also wondering about stalking. Is that mm. also kind of addiction? You know, yes. recently um, there's been a Netflix show called You. The whole premise is this, of this man who's stalking 
different people and um, i remember there was a, a older hindi movie called dar can you give us some uh, insight into stalking as an addiction yes i could um I, i mean all i can say is um you know when it comes to an addiction about people and relationships uh it can show manifest in different ways it could even become about sex and feeling close but behind stalking is this thrill of a hunt Ooh, yeah okay. and and it's about power and control and stalking just doesn't mean physically following someone it can mean right. getting to know every significant detail of that person which makes them feel they're in control over that person and that's the thrill of it yeah that makes sense that makes sense and uh, what about different forms of addiction um you know i do know someone who uh, sort of turns to retail when they feeling low or you know as you said earlier i guess that's a form of uh, feeling safe or happy can you just tell us a little bit about the um, addiction and its its different forms so there are many forms of addiction but i'm also uh, you know uh, thinking of how early it begins and okay. i would say it begins with say video games you know and then it can even go into you know children's parties where they have drag racing mm. that becomes an activity you know which becomes quite compelling and gives that rush or thrill yeah, yeah so children are exposed to this at a very young age uh i think in earlier years it used to be about natural play and you know, yeah but now it is more on around these lines uh so video games um drag racing can also lead to well we all know about alcohol cigarettes and drugs but yeah. we also have food uh, you know addictions like sugar chips and there's also about social media you know internet mm. usage social media and the you know the uh, dependence on you know social media in our lives is is of is a kind of addiction now you know it influences us it yeah. uh, stimulates us yeah and of course there is shopping retail therapy there's also work work re- related addiction you know yeah workaholics as they call yes it. so yes it becomes like an obsession and it becomes a fantasized image of how you know how well or how well we are feeling with ourselves that is the underlying cause of it and um also uh, anushka people are addicted to feelings like anger shame fear mm. sadness jealousy uh for example i think uh, you know this feeling of saying you know i'm feeling very low uh, uh becomes a kind of addiction to get attention mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. and yes and that becomes a very it becomes a comfort zone and uh it gives a kind of comfort uh likewise feelings of shame and anger it's linked to the to the image of themselves and therefore that becomes like a comfort zone and uh, then it becomes a kind of addiction yeah yeah so yeah so very often that becomes their sense of security feeling low 
feeling angry, feeling ashamed becomes their sense of security. Yeah. Uh, what, what about um, other factors that sort of contribute or make people more susceptible to addiction? For example, you know, during the pandemic, at least the early stages of the pandemic, people did have time to sort of sit and binge watch or, you know, excessive eating um, or some people even over-exercised, right? What are some of the other factors that can make one more susceptible to addiction? Um, leaving um, upbringing out of it. Yeah. Uh, can you can you give us some uh, I, uh, some information on that, please? Okay, so I would really say that, you know, um, people who, you know, might be prone to addiction and are feeling ill-equipped to uh, deal with the changes that are going on in their lives. As, for example, the pandemic that you mentioned. Yeah. yeah and adjusting, you Correct. know, the adjustments one had to make. Secondly, dealing with trauma, all of us know, and adjusting. So um, th that's when we begin and not feeling supported. Yeah. You know, that's when we begin to resort to something external. And maybe in the pandemic, what happened, pe people started watching TV, uh, you know, was to begin with diverting their mind off this feeling of unsafety or unpredictability that was happening in their lives. So anything that begins with a diversion and okay. then that becomes habitual and becomes a dependence can, can be an addiction. Yeah. Okay. So basically, if you're you, if, if, if the reason you're doing something is to give you a sense of false comfort, yes, uh, then that sort of veers towards the path of, of yeah. uh, addiction. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, just to uh, sort of bring in, what about the genetic role in depression? Is there, I mean, sorry, in addiction, um, is there a, is is it a sort of nurture versus nature thing, or uh, what? What, what uh, genetically does it play a yeah. big role? Is it the environment? Can you give us some information on that? Yeah. So um, genes do play an important role, and there is a predisposition. But if you look at a family and say there are five siblings, all of them need not necessarily be, uh, you know, having this predisposition. So I would really say that the family is the strongest influence. And um, if some of the siblings have grown up with a sense of belonging, belief, safety, th that those become the protective elements against addiction. However, okay. addiction it can also be seen as a learned behavior of resorting to an external resource to gain that comfort, sense of safety. Yeah. And so therefore, that can be unlearned. And that mm. is the important part in understanding how addiction can be reversed or, or a person can come out of it. So. Okay. Parenting is an important contributor. For example, you know, if a pa one parent is an alcoholic, all the all the children may not be, but one okay. child might, yeah, okay. have a predisposition. Then yeah. culture also plays an important role. Uh, you know, in in our country, certain communities yeah. are tolerant of drinking, and. Um, you know, and encourage it also, you know, yes. And even part of our culture 
is to habituate smoking or uh, you know gambling yeah we haven't talked about gambling but it can be a cultural influence yeah. so the the you know the members of that community or family can become susceptible okay. but this usually just gives a path as i said ultimately the child or the person decides upon many other they have other options but if they veer towards this path then that can become a deciding factor okay yeah and um, you know um, i think a couple of sentences ago you also mentioned culture right um, about a decade ago i used to work in advertising and mm. i feel like even in advertising there is this culture of drinking and smoking yeah. and if you don't do it it was almost like peer pressure you know it would uh, you know these jokes would be made purity totaler and uh, you know on the weekends you weren't going out and drinking heavily with them then it could be seen uh, you you could be seen as an outsider and earlier you also also mentioned sort of drag racing and gambling what role does peer pressure have in all of this okay yeah it's interesting that you say about you know um uh, work culture but usually peer pressure is linked to the adolescent age group but okay. it can refer to the uh, adult age group as well uh so peer pressure uh, comes as a significant factor to belong to that particular uh, group that you are part of and when you realize that this common activity or common way of socializing is to drink or do things in a particular way that pressure or expectancy that you follow it and your realization that that is one way to belong and be accepted mm. you know is what the pressure is about and as you very rightly said about maybe the advertising world different work workspaces can have their own culture but this is very significant what you talked about however if the person comes from an oppressed group also they are prone to addiction and um because of the, them having felt rejected or having experienced trauma in their early mm. life experiences yeah that that's very interesting um so that is there a way out of addiction i know there's a uh, for alcoholics as an aa group that includes a 12 step program um what about for other sorts of addiction how does as a therapist how does how does therapy really help can you give us some insight into that yeah so uh you know the fundamental underlying criteria behind addiction is this uh need to have a stable relationship or uh, so therapy helps to provide that safe uh holding space and and that in turn can make the person feel safe secure and uh feel supported as i mentioned earlier it's not the trauma or the uh, person or the situation that can create this need but the uh, lack of support at that time so when we when a person feels supported that's when they begin to feel safe and secure so that's when they begin to open up speak and in some cases you know they begin to start talking about their addiction the beginnings of this so uh, for example i've had clients who've actually come from 
you know, various reasons, various mm. causes, like there's also abuse. If they Correct. have gone through abuse, they start to feel uh, or look for something that makes them feel good mm. or makes them feel relaxed. Uh, and, and that's what, you know, um, you know, the vulnerability of such people is really about that they are vulnerable to addiction because that has not been resolved. That trauma or those feelings of worthlessness have not been uh, resolved. Also, I think um, they have been exposed to poor parenting rules, okay. which have not helped them to adjust to so mainstream society. So this is how we work with clients, you know, to work uh, first to create that sense of safety and, okay. and then to begin to open up and gain confidence in themselves. Yeah. Um. I, I actually have a lot more questions yes. about this. Yeah. Um, I think addiction is a very interesting topic. And as we mentioned earlier in the introduction, especially for our generation, and as you correctly mentioned, there are so many different types of um, addiction. Would you be available for another session where we can go deeper into the subject? I think yeah. it's very, very relevant to us. And I, I really do see people struggling. And we've adopted so many unique ways of coping that, uh, you know, sort of all just coping me mechanisms that sort of um, one doesn't necessarily look at as addiction, but in reality it is. Um, I would love to love to delve deeper, deeper into this, uh, into this topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you, Anushka. I would certainly like to, you know, be available, you know, to answer some more queries around this topic. And because I think it's very relevant today, as more and more people are struggling and they're yeah. adopting to, uh, you know, these kind of coping mechanisms. And very, I mean, I again, I would like to stress on that they would not like to get, uh, you know, into the grip of this. Mm. They would not. But because of their feelings of helplessness, um, they do get, uh, and the lack of support, they get into the grip of some addiction. So yes, awareness and, and learning more can help with the healing. Uh, and also understanding that if they're able to access the root cause of their struggles and try to address that, that is certainly going to be helpful to them. Uh, so therefore, therapy is so important because they are not going to be judged or yeah. they are not going to be evaluated in any way. And I would really say if their real self can emerge in therapy, that is what the healing is about. And therefore, therapy is to help see that person behind the facade or yeah. The, the, yeah, the shadow of their selves that they talk about. I would certainly like to provide some more resources and any questions you want to be asking of me, uh, most certainly. Thank you, Sudha. Thank you so much. I think uh, something you said really made sense to me. And I would like to share that with the audience, which is addiction is only the symptom. It is not the cause. Yeah. I think that's something we have to remember. And to our audience out there, if anyone has any questions on addiction, please write to us. Um, you can write to us at office at anachandi.com or you can send us a direct message on Instagram. Our handle is at the rate counselor Anna. 
You can find us on all other social media platforms. Uh, just search for Anna Chandy and Associates. And we are definitely going to do another episode with Sudha where we deep, uh, dive deeper into this topic of addiction. This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you.